Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. This podcast is sponsored by Jim Butcher, who is a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. Now let's get it started. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Colton Cockrell. I am a certified financial fiduciary and independent financial advisor with Share McKinley Group. Welcome to Bridge the Gap. And I would be remiss if I did not introduce my lovely co-host, Ms. Tricia Stetzel. Thank you, Colton. I am so excited to be here. It feels like it's been forever since we've seen each other. It feels like we've been on quarantine for weeks and weeks and weeks. But here we are. My name is Tricia Stetzel. I'm the owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions, and I am so excited about our guest today. I want to introduce you to my new friend, May Francis, and she is the owner of Looking Up Consulting Company. She has more than 20 years training and development experience, and she's most passionate about purpose, self-esteem, prayer and growth, and development of people personally and emotionally. She's also committed to guiding others towards better. May, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad to have you. And um, you, know, you, you have an interesting background. You know, you said that you had um, almost just short of 40 years of experience in corporate America and you, you've done a lot of leadership training and there's just so much stuff that, that you've done. And so you are definitely an expert in this field and that's why we had you out today. Um, so Trisha, you know what, I'm going to ladies first, I'll let you go ahead and jump in and ask the first question. Okay, perfect. So one of the things that I'm passionate about too, May, is uh, next generations, right? And one of the reasons why Colton and I are here doing this show is really about bridging that gap. So how do you motivate the next generation? So uh, one, of, one of the things that, that, um, that I do is I go out of my way to build, uh, to build relationship with them. Um, I, I have a millennial. Um, I have a 30, 33 year old, will be 33 in September. And so um, the other thing that I've done since I was 23 years old is that I've taught Sunday school to teenagers. And so that has kind of uh, kept me in tune with them. And I still, people that I still have had, like I have adult Sunday school students, ex-students now, still keeping in touch with them. Well, one of the things I do, um, I am extremely uh, honest with them, and I am, uh, and I am very open, and I'm not afraid to show them my scars, my scars and my flaws. That helps me. And that's always important, right? That open communication that we have. And I know uh, one of the programs that you bring in is teaching that esteem, right? Or that self-growth mm -hmm. to these young people in schools. And I think that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And, and let me ask you this, because this is another, I mean, this is the center of, of news today is diversity. Um, and I love, I know that a big thing that you do is you help integrate diversity and inclusion in workplaces. And I like for you to kind of elaborate on how you do that and why you see such a big need to do that. Well, I, I believe that um, diversity and inclusion is important, first of all, because it is really, 
it's all of our earth and world and that's really the way that it's supposed to be and i think that we shortchange ourselves even financially i think that uh financial uh opportunities suffer because we are not willing to build teams according to talent all the time you know and often uh in the workplace you find and, and please understand when I say this, I'm not just talking about oh, one race or another race. I'm talking about any race that does it. I'm pulling in a person based on anything besides skill. That is, that's a problem. And I think, you know, because the, the whole art in building a team is trying to make the team as diverse as we can. But, you know, it's kind of like um, diversity would be like us being invited to the party, right? But then inclusion is like if I get a chance to dance on my record. If my song play, do I get to dance? That's when I feel like I'm included because I can come in and you can just have me standing on the wall. You ever been in a place where your record is playing and you just kind of want to dance? I'm in, I feel included when my song comes on and I can just bust on the floor and do it, right? <laughs> and often, that's the thing that's not allowed to happen. And when that is missing, we're missing major personalities, major pieces of talent from groups, from teams, from organizations. And when that happens, we are missing money on that result line. If you can count it down, you can make that equate to dollars and cents that we're missing just because we won't come together. What an absolutely incredible example that you gave. That was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> That's so good. Thank you. I think we were both giggling over the top to you, May. Yeah. <laughs> it's my song, my song is on. I'm exactly. Yes. I'm laughing. I know exactly what she's talking about. That's why I'm laughing. I'm like, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Right, right. I, Totally agree. Well, and so when you're, when we're trying to create this space, whether it's in our lives or in our work uh, of diversity and inclusion, I'm assuming that there's likely um, conflict resolution that comes along with that. Is that something that you would also deal with, May, as you're trying to get into uh, trying to change the mindset, right, of these teams or even us as people? Is conflict resolution something that comes into play? Often, uh, often it is. It, it, can be, uh, it can be a loner by itself. But I think what happens, you know, when we start in that initial awareness, we start to talk about the why it is even such a thing. And where I go, I go, I go back to the Constitution of the United States. And when you go back to the Constitution and you're able to look at the Second Amendment where it actually names, that's where the first interpretation that a Black person is three-fifths of a person, we, we just take it all the way back. So now we start to figure out, oh, okay, this is how this even came to be. You know, because, I mean, we're not responsible for what happened way back then, but unfortunately, we're still living the consequences of it. And oftentimes I feel like people 
can't really articulate that. But that is what is real. None of the three of us contributed to any of that. But now, you know, because what I live and what I believe, my child not only picks up what she sees, but there is also a certain amount of genetics that she inherits. So imagine whatever people were being taught way back then, there are sprinkles of it that's still going on now. That's why we are at the place that we're in now, you know? And so it's, it's, so, much, uh, it's so much deeper than the things that we, you know, and when people start to discover how this even came to be, uh, you know, and, and by the time we're, what, eight, nine years old, we start to develop what our social norms are going to be. So probably whatever your parents believed when you were eight and nine, that's what they started to put off on you. And you believe that way until you see something different. And for me, it was going into the military at a very young age. And that's when I, that's when I started to, that's the first time, honestly, that I loved white girls the way I loved some of my black friends. It didn't make a difference. That was the first time it didn't make a difference. I loved them because what we worked for each other. Realizing that we were all away from home, we needed each other, and we were there for each other. And that was the first time that I was aware I have discovered that all of my friends do not have to be black and they won't be black. That's the first time. And, and you know, Margaret Stockwell is one of the young ladies' name. And then the girl that was my, uh, my bug buddy, Stacey McFessel. They, they, those two ladies, those were the first white girls that I loved the way I loved my black friends. And I had to discover that myself. And that's why I know, you know, some things that you were not taught when you, when you discover a thing like that, I believe when I, what we discover, we're responsible to pass on because there's something special about that. Nobody taught me that I had to happen upon that. And so this must be something good, right? This is something special. I got to be able to teach that to other people. And, uh, and my daughter was my first student of that. But because I learned it so early, I was able to teach it to her by the time she was two and three years old. And so that, that's the kind of difference that, that we are all responsible for, for teaching that that way. So. And, and I love, um, see, I love it whenever people get passionate on this, on this podcast and they just go, I mean, that's so true. And, you know, that's a very interesting topic, you know, in Israel, for example, everyone is required after they graduate high school to serve in military for two years, hmm. you know, and, and in that, in that case, doesn't matter what color you are, you're depending on all types of races, yes. right? Doesn't matter your religion, doesn't matter your color, doesn't yeah. matter anything, right? And that's, that's how we should live. And so when you have everything that we have today with, with media, with, with all these outside sources that are just pouring into us and telling us how to think, and it's, it, you know, it just, it really tears us apart and puts us against each other. And I, and I hate that, you know, that should not be how it is. Um, but no, you said that very well, that, that is, I've never heard that before. And that's a very interesting perspective. I love that. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your service, May. Thank yes. You. You too. What a great place yeah. <laughs> to learn. Yeah. What a great place to learn how to be on a team with great 
diversity and inclusion, right? With this group of 86 women, let's say, when I went through boot camp and learning to depend on each other, right? And it didn't matter where you came from, what your background was. We all shaved our heads or cut our hair off, right? So we all looked the same. We all wore the same uniform and we were all there for the same reason as a team. And that's what was important. So yeah, thank you for have, your service. And I, yeah, and Trisha, thank you as well. As, as May said, thank you for your service. And, and you know, it, it's so true. I mean, it, it, we're really not too far different, you know, and actually a lot of races, they take on other races, what people say their culture, right? And I say that in air quotes, you know, I mean, it, it, we, so we all, we embrace each other's cultures, but, but yet, you know, we, we still are separated because of culture. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's always been so weird to me for me to understand that. And I don't yeah. get it. And, you know, I'm not meaning to make this about race, you know, this, this, um, this podcast today, but it is something that's just happening right now. And it's just, you know, it's heartbreaking, you know, it, it really is. So let me ask you this, May. Mm -hmm. um, so, so in the workplace, tell me, what are things that you're seeing um, that are, that are issues? Um, and tell me, how are you kind of solving those problems that you come across? So if you go into a, uh, you know, a corporate setting and what are like the main uh, diversity issues that you are first seeing? And then tell me how you are working through that and helping them to solve those problems. So uh, things like, uh, you know, not people, some people not being allowed uh, to participate in some activities, you know, for example, um, there's a situation where um, the people have a, uh, there's a, a staff meeting that's every day that you go to where you find out what's the nuts and bolts of the day, how it's going to be. And a lot of my work is done in the chemical plants because that's where I had the most, uh, the most of my experience. Um, and so they come in there and that's where you learn what's going to happen today. So if a leader does not have the heart of, you know, what's, what's best for the entire team, they can select who they want to come to that meeting when really every salaried employee, that's the purpose of the meeting, that the salaried employees would come and know because I will listen to what was produced overnight, what we anticipate today, what tomorrow is going to be, and based on that, for example, that's how I would determine, okay, so we need to start working on this training, or we probably need this kind of safety training because this product is coming in. You know, that's where everybody get their plans from. But what if you are not allowed to come? And there were situations, there are situations where some people are not allowed to come. That puts you at a gross disadvantage. Now, some of that is hard to think of, but it happens every day. And why, you know, why? And so we had things like, uh, I remember, uh, you know, we did it, uh, it was during a basketball uh, season one time, Dare to Dream, right? So it was during a basketball season and they had to list their team, all right? And so these are your players. And then the question was asked, so who are you playing? And then the leaders had to answer why or why not. And it was really interesting because there were some people that were not being played. And then some of the leaders may come back and say, 
oh, well, this person needs to develop in this area or that area or the other area. Okay, so why have we not gotten them what it is that they need? And that's when you step back in and you make uh, recommendations that, you know, I, I know about this class or that class. And in that particular industry, I was pretty aware of different things that people needed, you know, for certifications and things like that. Um, to get people what they need so they could be on the start bench at one at one point. But what happens, some people actually work half of their careers being handled like that, as though it's supposed to be enough for you that you're getting a paycheck. Like you should be happy to be here. That's almost what the attitude is because some of these things I've seen while I was in the workplace, but this is just one of the things that I know I've worked on since I haven't been there. Uh, and just getting, getting people what they need and, and really kind of, for lack of a better word, outing a leader so that they will do better, you know, and allow people, because once again, just imagine what it would be like if you're there you're talking about not being able to dance on your song. You hired me. You brought me here. And now I don't even get to play. What's up with that? And there is no explanation for it. Imagine what it does to the person. And so I've also seen, um, I've seen women sidelined like that. And that is a very, um, that can turn into a very emotional thing uh, for a person. They show up to work every day, but the amount of stress that is on them and how they really feel about that, and then you have to act like you're happy about it every day, that's like, that's way too much. So then that's when we get, I have had to stop sometimes and talk about self-worth, have mentoring moments about self-worth, especially females working inside of the plant. Self-worth is a big, huge thing. You know, after a while, you start to think you don't even measure up. And there are a lot of times when I personally, if I knew that I was supposed to be a part of something, I would just go. You know, I don't need an invitation. My badge was invited me in the door this morning. I'm over there. But then everybody don't feel that way. I can't tell you how many times I've stopped by other people's offices and got them too. Come on, we're going. We're on our way in there. You know, or we come in and and I it's not uncommon to see um, minorities and women sitting against the wall and the in the table is full. And I you know, this is the kind of stuff you yeah, thought I was this is the kind of stuff I paid attention to. Who came in and sat at the table and who sat on the wall? And then I would be like inviting people off the wall. You know, girl, come on, roll your chair up, stood up. That, but that was a, that's a real thing. But you have to ask yourself the question, why did they come in and sit on the wall? And I do just want to clarify here. So diversity, uh, we're talking race, gender, age, religion. All it could be, I mean, a, okay. Anthony, now let me ask you this. And I know that you are like, you're in the zone right now, but I'm going to totally throw you off <laughs> yeah. with a random question okay. here, okay? So, May, what is in your fridge right now? In my fridge right now, I have a salad. I have um, 
leftover uh, shrimp fettuccine. I have uh, almond milk. I have eggs. <laughs> I have some ketchup. <laughs> You know your fridge. Okay, I like it. <laughs> really well, and, and we won't tell Dr. Roxanne about the fettuccine. Please don't tell her. It was leftovers, I promise. But I <laughs> ate a salad this morning. Listen, listen, Colton, I only know what's in there because I had to stand up in there this morning and study. Now, what am I going to eat, Dr. Roxanne? Really? Really? <laughs> the salad was all I could come up with. <laughs> oh, May, I let's love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> so Colton got to ask the funny question. It's always up to me. If you're willing to share, May, mm -hmm. what generation are you a part of? I am. I am a boomer. I'm a baby boomer. Yes, ma'am. I love it. Born in so, 1961, 59 years old. That is wonderful. You don't you're, look you're it. You're about to hit the best birthday ever, girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the second part of that question is, which generation do you feel like you most identify with? I um I like the I like the fire of the millennial. That's my that's that's the one I think I identify with the most. Me awesome. and my daughter and my son-in-law can do anything. Like they, they, they are, they are workers and they are thinkers. And if it just like, if it comes to their mind, it's, it's a, it's a done deal. And I, and I tell you what now, now the, and this is why I say that the, the Gen X's, you know, those were the latchkey kids and they are, um, they are the, they are the independent ones, but they kind of, a lot of them like working in the corners kind of by themselves. They're going to get the job done. Do not disturb. But, you know, I, I want to do the work, but I'm a little noisy, too. I'm a little noisy for them. I have, I have quite, a, quite a bit of Gen X friends, and they just kind of like, they go over there and turn down, and when you finish, you know, come back over here or something. Um, and then the, then the younger uh, generation that's after the millennials, they are uh, extremely smart, but they are so elect, they're so on electrically, uh, the electronics, they're so on to that until um, that is where I spend most of my time building emotions at, is in that generation. Yeah, I can understand. I love, May, that you as a baby boomer are connecting with millennials because we see a lot of gender gaps. Uh, yes. Not gender gaps. Uh, uh, um, help me, Colton. Good grief. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody generational gaps. Yeah, oh, my goodness gaps. gracious. Generational gaps, right? We see that a lot, especially between baby boomers and the millennials. So, May, in closing, would you please tell our audience how they may get in touch with you, your phone number, as well as your uh, email address? And you're going to have to spell it out since we're only on audio. Okay. I am Mae Francis. The company is Looking Up Consulting. The email address is L-O-O-K-I-N-U-P-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. The telephone number, 832-528-7426. That's Looking Up Consulting, and I'm Mae Francis. Thank you guys so much. It's been fun. And this concludes this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. 
Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Jim Butcher, a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. Colton Cocker with Sherman McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas, 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., member FINRA, Sherman McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.